From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello, guys, and welcome to um, episode 33. Uh, we hope 2020 has been uh, great for you so far. Um, yeah, let us know. What did you get up to in the new year? Yeah. Made any resolutions or hacks, like Peaches said in the last one? You know, let us know what you've been up to. It's, it's, what have you been up to? It's been great. Not really? much, because well, I've been sick. I'm still yeah. a little sick. Actually, Eddie has been sick too. Yeah, me so. too. I'm not going to let that uh, give me any indication of what this year is going to be like, because n- no. No. But, uh, yeah, so it kind of crippled my, my uh, Xmas plans, but mm. we, but we move. move. We move. <laughs> we move, exactly. <laughs> and without moving straight in into uh, In the News. Okay, so my uh, In the News this week is probably quite timely, because I want to talk about the year return, and specifically year return by the numbers. So I think now that we're basically in mid-January, by the time this comes out, we can all, we've all pretty much concluded that the year of return was a raving success. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it gave Ghana a, a serious image boost and it also kind of signaled Ghana as like the new hub of Afropolitan cool, mm-hmm. as they say, a nexus of art, yeah. culture, modernity, technology, like the face of modern Africa, I think definitely did that and attracted a lot of celebrity attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, quite a few music festivals and events in general. So I think from that perspective, it was great. great yeah. Now, the interesting thing here is I didn't even realize that year of return was like a specific, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously it must have been, but the actual, like, um, Onus, if is that the right term? I've used it. What the, <laughs> the impetus, if you will, of year of return was actually to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the first enslaved Ghanaians being taken away from yes. our shores. Mm-hmm. And it was like well into like I only learned about that this year, like in at the end of the year in December. So I'm not sure, like from that perspective, I don't know if we really focus hard Mm. on that aspect Mm. of it. I know, you know, they offered land and visas to, you know, some diaspora returnees and things like that. But it seemed to be more just like a huge month-long party party, Mm. as opposed to really putting an emphasis on, you know, the, the sort of historical background for why they did it this year and what right. it meant right. but that's fine um, now what so now getting to the numbers bit right um, the Minister of Tourism Arts and Culture speaking about the success of year of return said that year of return activities generated 1.9 billion dollars for the economy now this number has been bandied about quite a bit you may have heard it. Mm-hmm. now <clears throat> the minute I heard it, two things came to mind. One, what are they going to do with that money? Mm -hmm. And two, how did they arrive at $1.9 billion? Mm -hmm. Because again, ain't that much partying in the world, right? (laughs) To generate that much income. So I was like, hmm. Because I feel these days, 
People just throw around billion as if like <laughs> a, a billion dollars is a very, very large sum of money. It's like hard for people to even mm. wrap their minds around. And they're saying it was 1.2 billion. So I was like, okay, mm. where'd you get this number from? So. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to the radio and mm -hmm. the guy was on there and they were asking him how he came about the, the money and he said yeah the number of people who were here and I think each person spending about $2,500 right. or something so I'm gonna that's get how to they, okay yeah so <clears throat> at the time of so this is what I heard the Minister of Tourism speech mm -hmm. um, said that already 750,000 people had uh, arrived in Ghana mm -hmm. and this was by July but they were right. expecting that by end of year that number would be about 1 million mm -hmm. right so that's 1 million people give or take and again as Eddie was saying the Ministry of Finance um, estimates that the average spending per tourist is was what is okay not estimate in in 2018 it was 1800 mm -hmm. um, so they assume that you know in 2019 or yeah it's going to be about 2000 mm -hmm. So if you multiply, um, or just under 2,000, maybe 1,900, whatever. So if you multiply 1 million people by <clears throat> 1,900, that's where you get your $1.9 billion. <clears throat> now, the curious thing here is, obviously, they're assuming that every single person that arrived in the country this year <laughs> Who came because of year of return, which is yeah. kind of a weird, mm. a weird assumption to make because there's so much other things happening. People come to Ghana for business, whatever. People come for Christmas all the all time. the time. So you know, and the other interesting thing to note is that in 2018, total arrivals to the country was already 984,000. Mm. Okay. So people be coming to Ghana already <laughs> in their large numbers and actually the net difference between last year and this year depending on how the numbers play out is only about 15 to 20,000 people. Oh. Of course that doesn't sound as sexy so they said 1.9 billion but really the <laughs> true number may be closer to 30 to 40 million dollars which I must say is nothing to sniff at regardless mm. you know what I mean that's still I feel like a success yeah um, you know to generate 40 million more extra dollars or 30 million however it plays out um, so <clears throat> so that's one thing how did they arrive at that number it may or may it's a bit sketch depending on how you look at it mm. you have to be very very optimistic in terms of who is coming and why to get 1.9 billion but yeah. no problem yeah. Yeah. Um, but the second thing again is where is the money going right um, so obviously the Foreign Service got a huge boost of money from visas um, mm. well huge maybe but a boost of money regardless and you know I'm thinking that this was like a tourism initiative however I mean I'm sure some of you who are already here and went and whatever will find that some of our tourist locations even the access to those places is is stressful raggedy and bootleg mm. the road there's no road especially the beach ones yeah. but you turn off the main road and that last stretch of road to it's get to that terrible. place requires a four by four or something mm. so you know if we are truly committed to tourism initiatives and to boosting an economy and using this money i would like to see i would hope to see that some of this money is actually spent towards you know making those mm. places more accessible it's to a, yeah. get to yeah 
maybe having our tourist guys better trained better staffed things like that it would be nice to just get you know some benefit not that people are all going on vacation mm, yay yeah. let's put up this money and mm. all go to south africa and dubai wherever yeah. they go so. proper preparation i know yeah, exactly so yeah, that that's really what I wanted oh, to okay. discuss this mm -hmm. this week. You know, year returned by the numbers, whether it's success, and I think it is. And if we are saying it's a success, what does that mean mm -hmm. down the line? Yeah, what yeah, are what we doing yeah, going yeah. forward? Mm -hmm. Are we going to keep this momentum going? You mm -hmm. know, you know, and facilitate these things because really, the the extra police. Like I didn't see the preparation on the ground for mm -hmm. all these people they were expecting. Yeah. I would have expected to see more police officers you know monitoring the traffic better yeah. i don't know people who came through the airport i don't know if they had extra staff at the i doubt mm -hmm. i doubt and so we need to if we want to really do this and do it well we need to actually do proper planning and preparation we just leave people to get where they're going how they get there mm -hmm. and do whatever they do and then we claim the success meanwhile we didn't do it's individuals who put in who put, th who make put it things together? Yeah. All those events and parties or whatever. What it, was governments involved? I know. They just put their year return stamp on it and <laughs> came out with a schedule. Which of those events were government? Mm, not none. Most of the ones. Oh. It wasn't Afro Nation. It wasn't Afro. Which did they? If they listen, maybe um, if they contributed to the planning and preparation of any of these events, I stand corrected. Let me know. I doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I think <laughs> it's enough of them trying to claim in you know private sector people's successes as their own or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. Although well done for pushing well done. us yeah, out. No, the initiative no. is great. It was it's a great back, initiative. You know? It was, I'm, I'll give them this. They promoted and advertised mwah, splendidly. Yeah, beautiful. Splendidly. They, they engaged with the, you know, influencers and stakeholders and whatever it is. <laughs> Basically, could, Bars Kujo, Bozoma and her people, they did the legwork. But at least the Ministry of Tourism engaged them. I saw they were all invited to the president's mm. office for some or whatever for a mixer or whatever it is. So well done. Yeah, that's good. Well done. Yeah. What is the next step? Where are we going now? How are we going to maintain this and push it forward and make it even bigger possibly? But mm. if you're going to do bigger, we need more feet on the ground controlling so it doesn't yeah. turn into like anarchy okay yeah. so that's i think i've talked too much okay anyway <laughs> no, that's that's great <clears throat> but apparently there's also the after this year of return there's a beyond beyond the return hey, thing yeah sorry, so yeah there's a beyond return something about investing i mean after all this has happened we've had fun it goes more it's more than just partying okay, so right. there is something in, in plan apparently but we'll see how that plays mm -hmm. out you, you just never know isn't it so that's that okay so my in the news um in australia temperatures went like to oh, record yeah. highs like 81 degrees celsius and a man an australian man took advantage of that and cooked some pork in his his car <laughs> he put the pork in the, the seat of his red car red datsun for about 10 hours and at the end of it yeah it got cooked and the thing is yeah it's a funny story kikiki but the, we need to talk about climate change people hmm. it's not just all fun where it's getting warmer yeah we're happy people are not happy it's not about that now the 10 hottest global years on record have been and in that order 1998 2009 
Now, there seems to be a consistent increase in warmer climates. But then, you know, climate, uh, 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 people who don't believe in climate uh, change will, have, will tell you that it's a hoax. It's, I don't think it's a hoax. It's, it's, it's a serious Could, matter. If I can interrupt. Yeah, First yeah. of all, they had to stop saying global warming because mm. the dum-dums were like, oh, but it gets super <laughs> cold in the winter. Yeah, that's not what it is. Yes, that it's is about the extremes. Uh, and the increasing heat actually does make the temperature the weather more extreme. So if it's cold, it actually gets exactly. colder. So now they've had to say climate change and not global warming so that you people will be more, you know, not you people, you guys are with it. But <laughs> those other people will be more convinced and still, but anyway. Yeah. So um, oceans were also significantly warmer in 2018. And you know what this means? That means tropical cyclones, coral bleaching, sea levels rise. It's an issue. Now, in South Sudan, parts of the country were hit by severe droughts in 2019. And by the mid, by middle of 2019, the country has also been hit by floods. Mm. Now, already this country has been ravaged by conflict. War. And, it's, it's, and <clears throat> increasing climate change is just going to make all these things worse. It's projected that 5.5 million Sudanese, South Sudanese will go hungry early this year. This is terrible. It's a terrible, terrible thing, and it's heartbreaking. You know, it's it's the fact that people will will still be out there thinking, no, this is just what happens. It's it's just normal. Just go with the times. It's not normal. Now, in Greenland, Greenland is losing seven. It's losing ice seven times faster than in the 1990s. Hmm. You know what this means? This means coastal flooding, climate change. And it said that for every centimeter rise in global sea levels, six million people are exposed to coastal flooding. My That's village one centimeter. And this is the thing, it's like the margins don't have to be extreme, extreme just a little to mess change. up the you know it's the ecosystem we have a global ecosystem and it's so much more sensitive than people give it Thank credit yeah, yeah. so you know this temperature rise it's because it's like one degree or two degrees people are like ah oh, it's nothing it's nothing, nothing. Happen, yeah. but it's literally won't take much to destroy everything Mm. Yeah, so I was just saying that my village, the village where my father is from, it's completely under the sea. It's oh. gone. Like this is about ten years now. No or way. Yeah, it does not exist. So they wow. have to re relocate all the people in that village to another one. Wow, you see, yeah, so it's, it's we're a ready, serious thing. And that's a decade ago, and we're not. I mean, are we? I mean, of course, these things. Every country has to be involved, mm -hmm. but I'm not really sure. I see Ghana being super. I, I, don't, I don't. People. I don't think people in Ghana are talking about climate change too much. I know there are people who, too, every now and then get it and talk about it. But mm -hmm. as, a, as a collective, I don't think we're doing enough. No, we aren't. Yeah, none of us yeah. are. So yes, when I was a kid, I remember going to my dad's village. It was it still it was still there. It still existed. And then after about the everything was just gone. Oh, wow, that is crazy. under the sea. Like, I mean, I know they had the sea defense project thing, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't know how, how much of a know. success it's been or whether it's kind of like putting a band-aid on a like a leak in a ship or what. Yeah, but. yeah, it's, it's, it's a serious <clears throat> issue. Um, and there are more places also um, that risk coastal flooding. There's, there's um, recently there's been news in Hawaii, the UK, Connecticut. There's a lot of uh, things happening that show that climate change is an issue, right? 
and it's hard for a lot of us to talk about it because it's uncomfortable it means we have to change our lifestyles and not many people are willing to do that if they say yeah you need to take out the plugs when you're not using it you need to use less hot water you need to make sure your tires are pumped before you mm -hmm. drive you need to do so and so and so and so people are not ready to do nope. that because because they're so used to a certain Their lifestyle ways, exactly. but if you want things to change you're gonna have to do that and it's easy to say oh well i won't be alive anymore so mm, it doesn't really affect me but what kind of selfish thinking hmm. is that you know it's 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 a pity so i think we should we should talk about climate change a bit more just a little um topic on climate change it's, a, it's an issue I've, I've cited some examples now please great. look into it it's that there's a lot that needs to be done you know, and you of course done. since we're still in the early um early days of the year it, it'll be a good thing to try and implement some of these things uh, going forward so you know that starting 2020 yes you're at least changing one thing about the way you do mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. to be more conscious of you know how you're doing and yeah. how you're consuming yeah, and so yeah, forth yeah. So. Let's, exactly let's be a bit more conscious it's a new year started like she said let's let's let pick that one thing that can make a change mm -hmm. you know that that's that's that's, that's all i have great. to say in the news yeah. <laughs> all right all right so we're going to songs of the week mm -hmm. and i have three songs mm -hmm. and of these three songs I can say that two of them, mm -hmm. the last couple of times I've gone to Accra, I literally played those songs on repeat. <laughs> Not by, like, I, you know, I didn't even realize the play. I was like, oh, I want to hear that again. And, mm -hmm. and I listened to it the whole way to Accra. So, like, 45 <laughs> minutes straight. Oh, wow. So, that just shows you how much I love these songs. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> the first one is by Mark Ronson, and it's called Don't, Don't You Leave Me Lonely. Now, you may not recognize the name immediately, but you are definitely familiar with Mark Bronson's work. He's one of the most prolific and successful producers among his peers, so the current era, he's in mm -hmm. his early 40s, so he's been in the game. Um, most famously, or where he got his biggest boost from, was his work with Amy oh, Winehouse. Valerie, right? Yes, oh. Valerie, okay. and he produced like half of Back oh, to Black I see. as well. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, and he actually won, I think he won a Grammy for that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And he's also known for producing Uptown Funk for Bruno Mars. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, most recently, he won um, a Grammy for his work on with Lady Gaga on the soundtrack for A Star Is Born. Right, I haven't seen that. Uh, so yeah, so he's got a total of eight Grammy noms, and he's worked with everybody you can think of and he's great i love mark ronson mm. like absolutely i have every album of his <laughs> every collab love him yeah. and so um he released his his latest project uh called late night feelings um in 2019 i was gonna say this year <laughs> new year now and uh don't you leave me lonely is one of the singles off that track and it features like astounding like when i say an astounding vocal performance mm -hmm. by a feature artist called yeba whose real name is abby smith and it's just i love it mm -hmm. i like i as i said i can listen to that song 45 minutes straight so all right that's my first song mark ronson don't you leave me lonely um and the second one is called guilt and it's by a Ghanaian artist called young pabi who uh, is a good friend of mine i really love his work and so his real name is Prince Adobaini and he's a hip-hop slash hip-life artist um, and he's probably he's been in the game making music for release since about 2013 um, when he got done with uh, high school he went to Thomas Aquinas so I think he's what do they call him old Tom yes he's an old okay. Tom <laughs> <laughs> hey don't be too. 
I'm sorry, please. <laughs> so shout out to the old Toms out there. And um, <clears throat> yeah, he is like he rap raps. You know, some people just rap and nah, he rap raps. Like um, he's like a wonderful, like such a evocative storyteller with his words. Mm. And there's always some sort of like really deeper meaning to them and like conscious. Like I don't know, you just have to check out his stuff to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he's had some really good songs called like Working, Bushman, Who You Know. And um, if you've ever been to one of his live shows, you know he incorporates a lot of theatrics to his performances and it just makes it a, just an experience. So he released his EP uh, late last year called Running With Men On Horses. And this is one of the songs off of there called Guilt. And do, do check it out because it's really good. Okay, so that's my second song, Guilt by Young Pabby. And my last song, which again is one of the songs <laughs> I listened to for 45 minutes straight, is by an artist called Sir, and it's called Hair Down. Okay. Uh, now, Sir's real name, that is actually his real name, his name is Sir Daryl Farris, and he's, <laughs> I know, right? He's a singer-songwriter from Inglewood, California, and he's signed to TDE. Now, if you know, if you're in the know, you know TDE is, a, is the label that has Kendrick Lamar on there, SZA is on there, Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, like, it, their roster is stacked. So he's on TDE, so that should give you an idea that he's dope. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he comes from a musical family as well. His mother was a backup singer for both Michael Jackson and Aretha Franklin. Um, and he released his second album called Chasing Summer in August of 2019. And this song, Hair Down, I believe is the first single off of that album. And once again, it's fantastic. It's got such a laid-back, chill vibe. Like, and you know, West Coast has a certain energy to their music. And definitely check it out. So my three songs are "Don't You Leave Me Lonely" by Mark Ronson, featuring Yaba Guilt by Young Pabby, and "Hair Down" by Sir. Thank you, thank you. So I have two songs for you today. Um, the first one is from an artist called Senabuse, and the, um, the song is "Breathe." Uh, now, Sinabuse is a 29-year-old musician. She's of Swedish and Swedish and Gambian descent. Her father is Manduse and is apparently a renowned musician in Gambia. I've oh, never I've heard of him before. And, yeah, her first album was released in 2015, and the second in 2018 called um, "I Am." Um, oh, I've forgotten the title. I just have a dream here. Something, something dream. I'm sorry. I'm a dream, I think. <laughs> so she was born in Gambia, but raised in Sweden. And she's obviously had a lot of influence from her father. Mm -hmm. But then she also said in an interview that she has a feeling of being scattered because she's partly Swedish mm -hmm. and partly Gambian. And her dad uh, has, has, has told her to choose the best of both worlds. Just embrace the best, best of both worlds and then do what Great you have advice. to do. Yeah. She's got a beautiful voice. The song Breathe is also very beautiful. It's got lots of string here. You hear the strings in the song and I really like that in mm. the song. So that, that's brilliant. I love it. That's Sinabuse and Breathe. Now the second song is a really old one, or quite old. It's from Richie Spice featuring Gentleman. Uh oh. <laughs> I love me some radio. No, no. So yeah. So the song is Let's Go, I'm sure you know it. Do I? Let's I don't go. Know. Are you ready now? No. I'm, sure, I'm sure you know uh. it. So Richie Spice called Rachel Bonner is a is a Jamaican artist. 
um, who's had a lot of popular songs, Ethel Run Red, Gideon Boot. Um, what I didn't know was that his brother is Pliers, Pliers of Shakadim. You're know, joking. I did not know this until hey. I did my research. Wow, right? good for them. <laughs> <laughs> and his other brother is also Spanabana, and he's also a, an eye rigger artist. Yeah. What I like about um, Richie Spice is that his music is quite uplifting. He talks about a lot of conscious and yes. sensible things. So that's good. Not every day, you know, listening to, you know, <laughs> all sorts of things. Sometimes listen, listen to some conscious music. And he features Gentleman. And Gentleman is a German reggae artist. I love Gentleman. He's Me really, too. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's the son of a pastor. His real name Tillman Otto. And he came out with an album, Confidence, in 2000 and. 14? I don't have it here. But he came up with the album Confidence. It's just really good. Another album that is top, 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 top. I love it. And he also did a song with Freunde's Kais, Tabula Rasa. I don't know whether you know Tabula Rasa. No. I know they filmed it in Ghana. It's, hey. it's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a nice catchy song. I like it. You should hmm. check that out as well. And so, yeah, so that's that. Two songs from me, Senabuse with Breathe and Richie Spice featuring Gentleman. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. I think also I feel like it's quite interesting that generally like reggae community or whatever they're quite embracing of people now i don't know i'm not gonna ooh, don't don't i'm not gonna do it not today not today okay fine all i'm gonna say is i wonder how we as Ghanaians would react to just any old body doing, mm, doing a high um, life or, high life mm. or a zonto or mm. something like that mm. and i bet we'd be like hmm Mm. But you know, Jamaicans generally, because gentleman is like white, white right? yeah, and Haitian, yeah. I mean, he's he's doing the damn thing. The music is great, it's and great. nobody has been like, why are we listening to this white boy, mm. or why are all these? Okay, I'm gonna why are all these guys? Yes. Yes. Not today. Okay, not today. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good music. Shout out to Jamaicans <laughs> for allowing for embracing the fact that people take their culture and mm. you know make stuff with it and yeah. I'm, I guess if it's good they'll it's they'll good. embrace you they've embraced Rocky Down a lot of people actually mm -hmm. and so I think that's dope and I don't think if the tables were turned we'd be as welcome but I'm yeah. saying I'm just and <laughs> moving <laughs> on right. before I start my things <laughs> okay okay so <clears throat> on to what the F and um, my what the F this week is really as frustrating as mm -hmm. tragic as infuriating it's just it's ridiculous it's nonsense it's let me just tell you what it is so a pastor and I'm still trying to find out what church and who this person is but a pastor instructed a man not to allow his wife to get a cesarean section even though the man explained that at the last doctor's appointment the last ultrasound they had the doctor said because of the position of the baby and the size of the baby that a cesarean section is indicated um, but the pastor said no have faith and it's not God's will for her to have a cesarean section <clears throat> so they didn't and both mom and baby died during childbirth now the reason I'm bringing this up is that it's not an isolated case in the least it's actually a thing I've seen four five six times where um, people have said that getting a cesarean section is ungodly. Yeah, I'm like, okay, when did, yeah. when did we say, decide this oh, It's one? not normal. It's so not, you, yes. So really? don't, don't do it. And I, I'm just like, you know, I, and I, 
I recall, so I've seen a couple of reasons why. One of them is, is it Exodus? I'm trying to, yes, Exodus 119. And the context is that these are people, the Hebrews in bondage in, in Egypt, and they're trying to control the population numbers or something. So this Egyptian was telling, saying that they should kill all the male children, mm -hmm. something like that. And asked the midwives, how come all these kids are still being born mm -hmm. or whatever. So that verse says that Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women and they're vigorous and they tend to have the, their babies before the midwives even get there. Mm -hmm. So somehow, some mm -hmm. semi-literate pastor has decided Sounds this true. means that those favored by God, i.e. Hebrew women, should not and do not need any assistance in childbirth because they're vigorous in the Lord. What? Amen. Or some rubbish like that. Rubbish. I will say that again. Rubbish. So now it's like, <clears throat> if you say you need or want to see sections, they're like, hey, the Lord has provided for you, blah, 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 already. Oh, I've seen some, there was another explanation given there, like three or four reasons. And I can't, one was something to do with knives or something. And I can't find that one. But the other one, somebody was saying that um, her mother-in-law had told her she's not a real woman because she had C-section. And the reason given is that in the Bible, it says that childbirth is supposed to be painful. So if your childbirth wasn't painful, <sighs> that means you didn't really have, like, it's not real. And I'm like, first of all, who told you cesarean sections aren't and painful? Not painful yet. Like that aftermath, the healing is actually much worse than having a vaginal birth, for one thing. And secondly, again, nonsense. <laughs> so just generally, I, I'm at the point where I'm sick of pastors inserting themselves into medical situations. Yeah, when well, you have absolutely yes, no you have Why no knowledge. Where's your doctor? Where's where do you get your your medical degree? Did you go to medical school? No. So you are dealing with matters of the spirit and the soul, and allow doctors to, to deal do with the job. matters of the flesh and yeah, of health. Simple. These are two very distinct arenas. And I recall one of the things that upset me the most till date. I went to church with my my cousin invited me to church with one of these specials, and we're sitting there and basically they were doing that thing where they go around and they're like, "You have you had something something." And one lady story, it turned this woman, she probably had something like leukemia or whatever. Mm. She was getting blood transfusions. And this goofy ass pastor, and you better <laughs> not come for me in the comments, actually told this woman, no, she should stop getting the blood transfusions because they're demonic or satanic mm. or something like that. And she was like, okay. And he's like, yes, that's the reason you're not getting better or something like that. I'm like, what an irresponsible you thing be to say. With murder. People These like that should be people, this be pastor with murder. and the husband, because they're all like, oh, we feel so sad for the husband i'm like why look look why he's the one that did it why are they feeling sad both I, we need to make an example out of people we can't just you can't just say everything do you remember this is completely unrelated but i remember last year two years ago some pastor said there was going to be a bomb at the mall mm. you literally it's illegal to go around making statements that have real world consequences and you just sit there he should have been charged with disturbing yeah, the yeah, public peace absolutely. or causing a threat or false threat these two should be charged with manslaughter between yeah. the two of them yeah. they killed two people yes and they nobody should say that it wasn't but they actually went against the doctor's explicit instruction because a doctor cannot force a c-section on you yeah. and if the woman is incapacitated the next of kin or whatever is her husband mm. so it would fall on him to make the decision, decision. and he mm. said no 
because pastor said no and now two people are dead and who's going to do something about it but why like, why did um not to put the blame on the woman but why didn't she say no i'm gonna go through and, and do this <sighs> right because it's uh, at the end of the day it's her life yeah it's her you life know. so she should say no you know what you said but you know they say my husband he's the head and i'm the neck so the head said so <laughs> no it's, it's so not funny it's, it's, no it's not listen. it's upset if the person you're speaking to has no medical qualifications do not defer to them absolutely certainly not. not over your actual doctor who's trying to tell you something and now that is that what does that mean is that mean he's a face false prophet what does it mean who is going no, to do you made what? a mistake they are, they are just human beings so it is the lord, it's, yeah. what, it was her time or what what the lord what 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 are you going to say ah I mean, I, we need to stop this clownery. It's it's it's, it's too much. It's now. too much. It's too much. If you, may, I'm sure if you make accounts of people who have died because they've listened to what listen, past, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do that and see how what I get because this is ridiculous. You're letting so the, ridiculous. listen. Like I said, the Bible can be used to justify everything from racism to, to slavery, slavery to, to yeah. whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. So everyone's interpretation of it is different. So you can't just automatically say, okay, because this guy said so. That line has nothing to do with cesarean sections. Mm. But if you twist it and you mean it bad enough, yeah, that's what I guess you could say that that's <clears throat> what the Lord said. Who are you to define what the Lord is trying to say at the, anyway? Ah, anyway, that's my, let me, because if I continue talking i won't stop so ah, i'm just saying let annoying. us please don't allow people with no medical um knowledge to tell us what to, to do, do. Mm. in situations that require medical attention and that's all i have to say simple 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 <laughs> okay so my what the f is on a new phone competitor in town oh now roberta escobar Yes, that is that mm, the brother of the infamous Pablo Escobar has recently launched a new phone, a gold folding phone. Um, so the Escobar Fold One, that's what it's called. Sir, so, yeah, put his name there. <laughs> <too>. Listen, <laughs> has a case made out of stainless steel. It has a gold finish, dual camera, fingerprint sensor, all the you know, all the cominis. <laughs> now. The Escobar Fold 1 operates on Android and costs about $349. And there's a version with more RAM for $499. Which is quite affordable for a gold folding mm -hmm. phone. Mm -hmm. So for the campaign, uh, he had a very, the Escobar Inc. had a very raunchy campaign. They had Miss Prussia in there, people in explicit stills and lingerie. <laughs> and at the same time, they also had a campaign where there's a priest blessing the phone oh, uh, uh, Roberto Escobar standing there with a picture of his dead brother also standing there. that's another campaign now he's of course counting on his name to sell the phones but I'm just thinking who in their right minds wants to go and get a phone that's got Escobar, Escobar on it like, anyway oh. there are a lot of people that glorify these gangster lives and things yeah. like that so I'm sure they're like yeah you <laughs> got the Escobar one <laughs> Now it gets a little bizarre because when you were you just say that it's affordable now. Roberto Escobar says Apple scams its customers and so he's threatening to sue Apple hey. and he's filing a class action suit for thirty billion dollars. Billion mm, <laughs> for selling overpriced phones to customers. And in a way I kind of agree. Apple, Apple does, does scam over, its I like customers. Apple you products, know, I'm very anti Apple. I like them. Apple stuff. But they overprice their things. There's the nothing there's nothing What so you're super buying special. is a brand name and the like clout. You're buying clout. Absolutely. And there's nothing clout worthy about nothing Apple more than products. That. So mm. 
So that's that's bizarre one. He's threatening to sue Apple. He's also threatening to sue Elon Musk with a hundred million lawsuit because Elon Musk apparently stole his plans for a flamethrower. Uh, that he said uh, Elon Musk stole the idea when uh, the when the Escobar brothers would uh, burn cash to keep warm, and Elon Musk saw that. Poor uh, example <laughs> to use. I'm sure they could have found something else that they said they were flamethrowing. At least yeah. it's not people that have betrayed them. I'm yeah, sure absolutely. that's what they really use the flamethrowers for yeah. setting people's families on fire. But you didn't hear from me. Yeah, so that's uh, really that's my whatever. That's just a little pure bizarre. insanity. I know, I know. Escobar with the phone and then seeing Apple and then seeing the Elon Musk. It's just a bit much. So that's what that's you if you're looking for a new phone. This and you decade? got the look. Maybe the fraud boys will be into it. Maybe you know? I'm sure it looks. It sounds very gaudy. <laughs> so I'm sure that it's like yeah. yeah I saw a picture of it. Was just like <laughs> no, thank you. I I think I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> So that's my what the um, the Escobar fold. <laughs> Even the name says Let's the Escobar fold one. Can you? Can you can't do you can't. Can can. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so moving on to the last segment. Mm -hmm. Uh what oh, what the F no I mean my two passwords. And my two passwords this week, obviously if you listening, you already seen the title. It's called High Kings and Queens. Hey. Now <laughs> That is obviously a bit of a tongue-in-cheek um, reference to Hamamat, who is a model. I think oh. she was in Miss one of Miss something, mm. and <clears throat> she has like a, a Instagram channel, and every everything she starts with saying hi kings and queens <laughs> and it just cracks me up every single time right. so i borrowed her phrase oh. hi hamamat <laughs> but what i actually want to talk about is um our tendency to anoint mm. any tom dick harry and you know clara or whatever no i have a friend called clara not clara <laughs> tom dick harry or jane mm. there you go um with chieftaincy or queenship ah, or something like that yeah. right mm -hmm. now the reason it got me thinking about this because again obviously year of return so what when they announced i was like how will we, you know will these people go and be able to go and come without at least 50 of them being made a chief I here know, or it's a much. Chief? It's and i was just like uh, here we go the next wave of chiefs and queen mothers right now obviously um the most recent uh, sort of time we acknowledge or talked about this issue is when uh, Lisa Ray McCoy mm. infamously declared that she had been made the queen, queen, of, well, queen mother that. of Ghana, and and everyone was like, "Who no, told no. you that?" <laughs> they lied to you. And she said it like three or four different places. And anytime I watch like the clip, you can see she's just like, mm -hmm, mm, "Yes, I'm the queen of Ghana now." And they're like, "Wow!" And we're just like. Madam, I think you've been I listen. Anyway. Now in actual fact they made her the queen mother of one of the Agonas, Agona something or other. Mm. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't make it any better because no <laughs> shade to Miss McCoy, but she's most known for looking amazing for her age, wearing white all the time, and having played a stripper in Players Club. Oh. That's really the like that's the that that's why she's that's really it mm -hmm. so i'm like okay which of these things qualify her uh to be made queen mother yeah, in agona mm. 
Um, but they said that she was made Queen Mother for her humanitarian efforts. And of course, I'm like, which humanitarian efforts? Uh, again, I don't want... Look, if <laughs> she's renowned for... And she had put in some work doing projects at... I mean, I feel like we'd have heard about it. Mm. But listen, I stand to be corrected. Maybe she went... She was going hard in Agona and I didn't know what we didn't know. I, I, I haven't had anything. To be I strongly doubt, though. But um, yeah... And of course, she's not the only celebrity who has been made a queen, mother, or chief in a in a traditional area. Mm -hmm. So you have Michael J. White, who was made um, a chief in Aquim. Mm -hmm. uh, Rita Marley is in Kosohima in um, Konkuri in Ebri somewhere. Um, in the 90s, apparently, Isaac Hayes, I guess I had yeah, forgotten yeah. that, he was made a uh, chief in Adan Adan, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, His name is <laughs> Nene Kate Okanse. Yes. And uh, of course, Michael Jackson was made a king somewhere. Mm. You know, there's there's a picture of him wearing kente. Mm. And, uh, um, that was in Cote d'Ivoire, but one of the Akan areas. So people be low key trying to claim mm. he was made a chief in Ghana. <laughs> no, but the Cote d'Ivoire, stop it. <clears throat> And then one of the ones that irritated me, like, truly, truly, um, there is a, a British gentleman called Roland Jimmy Moxon, and um, apparently he was work, he was the administrator for some town during the colonial administration era, and when that came to end, the people apparently liked him so much mm. that they made him uh, a chief, so he's Ankobia Hining. Wherever that was, I didn't write that down. Oh, also in Ebri somewhere. So Ebri, you guys, <laughs> like oh. what? This these were our colonial anyway. So yeah. I just find it very. I don't know whether belittling is the the, the the word, but just that the fact that anybody and everybody's made it chief. I just this is where like I'm it. going. So know. my thing is, do we? Is this something we hold in high esteem or not? not yeah. You know, our royal bloodlines like exclusive and whatever it is, and like to be held on a pet, whatever it is, mm -hmm. or not. Because if that's the case, I mean, every time we do this, we're somewhat diluting that's, yes, that's the prestige and you know honor of being considered a royal because we're just handing it out like candy now obviously <clears throat> typically they make them um in which means progress or development mm. and really it is a cash grab right they're mm. hoping that okay you if i make this person in mm. then i'm like hey we need money for a school block or we need money whatever now of course again we're filling the gap that government should, should be, filling, be filling right yeah. But I feel like the better would just say make them a patron or exactly. something. Just say okay, yeah. you know, adopt a city or whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, but to make and then they go through the whole ceremony. But then you okay, not me because I'm a princess. <laughs> um, but a regular person will not be even allowed in the if they even allow you to see the chief at all. They'll tell you that you have to talk to an a chami mm -hmm. and who are you and you have to sit on the floor and all. And then you're gonna turn around and make some regular degular mm -hmm. old person from wherever a chief i mean like and but we dear we're not even allowed mm. to be in your presence or whatever i like, think they should stop it i, I don't it's, like it i've listen, never liked it like it, it, it is it, it is cringe worthy at the very least and it's kind of like and mind you it's not just foreigners i don't it wouldn't it's not because they're foreigners per se right because mm. again apparently they made shatawale a chief in the north i'm like y'all are just doing the most mm. now like the most 
um <clears throat> so i understand like okay we need the help or whatever it is again there are less cringeworthy ways of going about this ask somebody to be a patron of your town adopt your city or whatever don't give them access to the whatever of cheese yes, or whatever it is have light. them the whole ceremony no they don't they haven't earned it they don't mm, deserve it mm. it's like ghana police ghana police always talking about they don't get respect i was like look it's one or the other do you want to be respected or do you want to stand on the road and beg for people's 10 cds you're not gonna have it both ways mm -hmm. You know, and so the same thing with our chieftaincy thing. If you want to respect, if you want us to respect you and the royal lineage and the and the just the prestige of being a chief, you can't be handing out titles like candy, like hacks, mm -hmm. um, ginger, just giving them out. <laughs> out, yeah. It can't be both, you know. And I feel like we should stop it. We should find I think a better we way. Stop, yeah. And absolutely. no, listen, UK, you cannot buy a peerage there. You cannot. Be, nobody will call you and make you a baron or something. It does not. Mm -hmm. exist it's the king or the queen that creates a peerage and bestows it on mm -hmm. somebody and they're only about they're less than a hundred i don't think he's even up to the house of lords i think mm -hmm. it's a hundred and something and they haven't created a new one in century like it does not happen there is no way that any regular person off the street would mm -hmm. just be made it won't and you know because they consider that it's like a big deal and ours should be a big, a big deal, deal. yeah it should be like just because it's handing it out yeah, yeah these are like we always say our kings and queens they're literally kings and queens maybe they have small domains but still that that actually means something to me so it's kind of upsetting when we just see it being diluted mm. and treated like some joke that mm. anyone can participate in mm. when that shouldn't be the case and isn't the case mm. and so on and so forth it's so, something to cherish really not to just yes, throw not people. to yeah, yeah. i mean i get look we need we need help yes sure um but just find a better way to do it they don't have to be made a queen or a king just to come and help out like for goodness sake <laughs> for make a charity and ask them to 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 be the paid something anyway yeah, yeah, that's so that's me yeah that's, I'm that's done. a good one it's something i've thought about as well so it's good that you actually brought it up yeah okay so my two plus today is on cognitive bias hmm. now cognitive bias is a systematic uncontrollable error in thinking and it affects the way you make decisions on a day-to-day -day basis now cognitive bias is mainly as a result of your brain trying to process so much information but then your brain only has, has certain limitations, so it processes uh, as much as it can and it makes the decisions based on what it has processed. Now, as much as we like to think we're making logical decisions, um, there's sometimes biases end up creeping in. So we, we like to think that we've made the decision based on the information that we have, but we're biased. And um, you may not even be aware that you're making these um, decisions because everybody else around you is making this kind of same mm. biased decision so it becomes like what like the new normal basically and there's a super long list of the types of cognitive biases out there but i'm just going to briefly touch on a few of them and then you can go look up the rest so one um is the curse of knowledge now this is a cognitive bias that occurs when someone is communicating something and they assume that you have prior knowledge to that mm. right so they understand it you don't but they assume that you do and and so because you are conversant with that topic uh, you can't put yourself in the shoes of the person who doesn't under who, who mm -hmm. doesn't know it or who doesn't understand it and um 
In the 90s, there was an experiment group um, grouped into tappers and listeners. So they asked one group to tap a happy birthday or a, um, a common song and the other listeners to sort of recognize mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. The tappers were so sure that the people would recognize to understand. understand, but they didn't, right? That's, again, it's because you assume that the person you, the tapper, you are you're hearing. You're like, the, oh, everybody knows. Yeah, happy exactly. Birthday, so. And you're hearing it in your head, but mm -hmm. the listener is just hearing the tapping, right? So that's 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 that. And the second one I have is confirmation bias. I've um, heard, I hear about that one a, a lot. lot. Yeah, confirmation bias. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that the confirmation bias is the tendency to look for or focus on or remember information that sort of confirms your, your yes your preconceptions and this is quite dangerous because it's better to gain broader knowledge and then make your judgments based on that instead of just focusing on this thing for example for the people who say the earth is flat they will right. go look out for anything that supports their theory that the earth is flat Right. And I think it's connected to a logical fallacy, something I call cherry picking, mm, where you yeah. literally only uh, recall things that support Touch your position exactly. in your argument. Mm. So that's cherry picking mm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, another example is a reporter who's writing on a story and has already in his mind a certain way the story should play out. So he's going to go out and look People for that journal said what he's like, aha, exactly. he told you. Exactly. And ignore the other, right. That's it. So that's confirmation <clears throat> bias. And the third one is the sunk cost fallacy, mm -hmm. also called the Concord fallacy. And this one is simple. Refusing to abandon something just because you've put so much in. And I hear that that comes a lot in relationships. Mm. I've been with him for seven yes. years. We have two kids. So uh, where I can't leave, no. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Yo. <laughs> so then you, you've, you've put in so much effort that you can't, you can't see yourself leaving. leaving. Because you've put in so much emotionally, money-wise, whatever. If it's a building project that's going that's awry it. or that's whatever. It. That's it. Even gambling. Some cause fallacy mm -hmm. because they're like, I've lo I need to get I need to put get, more and yes, I'll finally yes, make my yes, money yes. back and it mm -hmm. leads to disaster most of the time mm. a lot of us have clothes sitting in our in our closets but because we've put in money you're like no I'm not, I'm not gonna, gonna give it, it. <laughs> I'm going to work you're not gonna worry please give it up. it's 2020 there are people who need clothes that's just me I like, but I only wear it once and it's there years and years take yeah. it and I said I don't have anything to wear my closet is full but I, won't get the I won't throw the things out. I either. gave away a lot of my clothes before the, at the end of last year because it was too much. I'm not wearing these things. And I'm just, I look at my like, no, because, but this top, <laughs> I, I remember, and listen, it doesn't let it go. <laughs> and in, with the sound cost fallacy, it's important to separate emotional invest, investment from your decision making. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in things that you have no business getting seen stuck in. So the fourth one and the last one I have for you is hindsight bias. So an event happens and then for some reason you seem to think, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I saw this coming. We do that a lot. Oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Gonna go I no, saw you this happen. <laughs> because you, you base it sort of, sort of on an earlier prediction, a similar thing having happened. So you say, okay, this time, yeah, probably could happen. Yes, so I saw that happen, right? So that, that's it this for you. This is excellent. I love Listen, these. Listen, there's so many of these. This is really, and you really realize that you, oh my God, we do this so much. Mm -hmm. 
So in the end, at the end of the day, you're thinking, that, oh yeah, I've made this decision. But when you sit down to think of it, how many biases have crept in? Mm. You know, it's insane. <laughs> so that's my bit of cognitive bias. Go check it out. There's a long list on Wikipedia. It's so, so interesting. So you go do that. And that's that for me. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> All right then. All right. So we'll see you see next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.